Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mino Line Media presents the Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Kevin Waits again, and I'd like to welcome you to a new episode of Safe Conversations, where we unpack our bags. We talk about race, culture, tonight, parenting. We talk about all kind of things uh, that, that highlight our differences with the hope that we can somehow find a way to move forward. Uh, I'd like to start off by just thanking our guests, our listening um, audience, just everybody for participating. We, we have listeners across the country. We have listeners across the globe. And I'm extremely excited tonight to have with us Mr. Jim Rogers. Welcome to the show. Well, I'm pleased to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Yes, sir. And so tonight we are going to talk about an issue that's been a challenge forever, right? A a a a good problem to have, uh, if you want to call it a problem. But we're going to talk about parenting. Mr. Rogers is an expert in that field. I am not going to steal his thunder. So if you could, sir, please just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself, your family, your background, your education, your career, whatever it is you think the listening audience needs to know. You have mistakenly called me an expert. (laughs) (laughs) There are no experts in parenting. It's just like uh, we keep finding ways to make things better. But uh, well, I appreciate it. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've uh, tried to be good at what I do for a long time, but I'm not an expert, but thank you. Uh, I was born and raised in uh, North Carolina, and I graduated. I had a, two brothers, one older, one younger. Had a Norman Rockwellian life, and uh, I attribute uh, my uh, health and beauty today <laughs> to that good life. The, uh, uh, then I graduated the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill and uh, went into the Army and became a, a broadcast specialist. I was a radio uh, announcer for Armed Forces Radio in Korea and then came out, uh, went into television, which is what my major was in college. And I worked in television uh, in Charlotte at WBTV. And then I worked in advertising in Atlanta. Then I worked in uh, production in Atlanta, then New York City, and then production in Los Angeles as a director, producer, writer. And that's that was my major. And so I lived in that year, in that world for about uh, 30 years, 30 some years. And then I decided, whoa, I don't want to do this anymore. It's just not, it has no purpose anymore. I was doing commercials and uh, there needed to be something else in my life and more meaningful. I looked around and said, hey, what can I do with the rest of my years? And at that point, I was in my early 50s. What can I do with the rest of my years that might be meaningful to other people? And I looked around and lo and behold, the children were in trouble. They were in the news all the time. Parents had no idea what was going on most of the time because they don't know what to do with these children. And I said, maybe this is a place I can help. Maybe I can be work with parents and help them with their children. Thinking that counseling would be the way to do that, I enrolled at Antioch University in Marina del Rey, spent a year there, and then decided, no, I don't want to work with people who have been hurt. I want to be work with people and keep them from being hurt. So that's when I became in an inner city, Los Angeles, a parenting instructor and later became a parenting educator and a certified family life educator, moving back to the Carolinas, yay home again, and found Coastal Carolina University and got a job there for 13 years as a parenting and family life educator in the Center for Education and Community. And I worked in uh, workshops in the schools and the community uh, for all those years. And then uh, married Dr. Sally Hare, who was uh, a, a 
Dean of Education and Community uh, Continuation and Community of the Community Learning at Coastal. And uh, we, she retired and we started our own company called Still Learning. And that was 16 years ago. And we've still been teaching teachers and hopefully helping some parents along the way. Uh, I also, uh, you tell me when you want me to stop. Uh, you know, I'm an old person, uh, Kelvin, and let's, let's call each other Jim and Kelvin. Okay. Got it. Okay. <laughs> so I have a few more details if you want them, but uh, I want I can stop want with them. that if you. No, we want to bring okay. it on. Well, I, I, I did, uh, 19 years I did parenting classes for DSS and then we did parenting classes all in the schools and throughout the counties, two or three counties areas here. And uh, I was a nationally certified family life educator, a member of the national parenting network and the national council of family relations. And now I'm an, in, I'm a, I'm an, uh, I'm an, uh, uh, what do they call that? Emeritus, which means I'm old. I'm an emeritus CFLE. And I uh, wrote a column for a newspaper for 19 years, Parent News. I wrote a column for Myrtle Beach Herald for three years. And now I'm just sort of enjoying uh, working out in the yard and playing with our new dog, Hope, uh, and doing this and talking with people whenever and wherever I can about parenting and the incredible importance of effective parenting. By the way, that's the name of a book I wrote on parenting. Uh, that was several years ago, <laughs> and two poetry books on growing old. So <laughs> that's enough, isn't it? <laughs> that's enough. I love it. I love it. But I tell you, you know, gosh, that was a lot. Lot of uh, <laughs> yeah. lot of work. Hey, lot hey, of yo, work. I'm tired. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> lot of work. Lot of accomplishments. Um, but first and foremost. I want to thank you for your service. I didn't know you were a veteran, and I definitely want to thank you for your service, not just to the United States military, but the service to the community and serving parents and, and young people as well. We had we do have that in common. Uh, I served the United States Army. Uh, kind of different communication you talked about. I was a Morse interceptor, and I copied Morse code uh, of countries yeah. who, who, who weren't friendly to the U.S. at the time, so... Thank you again for your service. So let me ask you this, Jim. Sure. You know, extensive background. What was it specifically that pointed you in the direction of wanting to help parents? I know you said, you know, you the kids were in trouble. I know you said that. But was there something, uh, a triggering event, uh, uh, you know, a string of events? What was it that pointed you in that direction? When, when I was looking to change careers and get out of the broadcast and production business as a director and writer, I, uh, uh, I was hired as I'm a DGA director and uh, retired. And I was hired by a group of people in Balboa Beach in California uh, to do uh, a parenting video. At that point, I'm going, hmm, I am one, but I don't know really what that means. So I did research. Uh, they wanted me to write it and direct this uh, video for parents and helping them. And as, as I read this book called Your Child's Self-Esteem by Dorothy Corkill Briggs, that's when I said, this is where I need to go. This is what I need to do is see if I can in some way impart this kind of information to those parents who want to do a good job, don't know exactly how to do it. Life was changing rapidly every day. And this was in the 90s, uh, first of the 90s. And it was like so much trouble going on out there. So many things in the newspapers and on TV. I said, let's see if I can do something to help. And if I can anyway uh, reveal some possible skills that they don't have, some understandings that they don't have, that's what I want to do. And I've done that now for 33 years. Uh, okay. Thank you for clearing that up. And I'll tell you, you know, we all know parenting is a challenge. And, you know, I know from being a parent myself, I have a 28-year-old daughter. She's an attorney. I have a 26-year-old son. He's in the healthcare industry. And I learned so much from my parents, right? 
And I had to take, you know, what they, they weren't trying to teach me on purpose, right? They were just doing the best they could to, to, to make ends meet. You know, I grew up in Harlem, you know, until uh, I was about 10, we lived in the projects. We didn't have much, but my parents were Christians and hard workers. And, you know, my dad worked day shift, my mom worked, I mean, and I watched my parents work, work, work. And I remember uh, I got older, I was in high school, uh, pretty good athlete, and I had something happen that really had an impact on me. And I didn't feel like I could go to my parents, you know, and so I had all of this weight on my shoulders, you know, um, and it was it was a tough time. My grades were impacted. You know, I would come home from school, football practice. I just, hey, I'd speak in the room I go and, and you know, I just kind of separated myself. And so, again, my parents are working around the clock, around the clock and Report card comes out. My dad says, let me talk to you. And it was that, you know, that is when he realized, oh, crap, something's wrong. You know what I mean? And he's talking to me and he's, you know, Kevin, what's what's going on? You know, this isn't you. Your grades are dropped, you know, te- you know. And I finally told him what I was going through. The only other person I told was my older brother who was, serving in the United States Navy at the time, and he lived in Norfolk, Virginia. And Jim, I can remember the pain in his face. And it, But it was strange. It wasn't the, the pain of what was bothering me, what I was going through. It was, it was in addition to that, and, and more so, it was the pain that I couldn't tell him. You know what I mean? That is, I remember the look in his face like it was yesterday, and that part hurt me. And I took from that experience that, you know what? If I'm ever a parent, I'm going to find a way to be approachable. You know what I'm saying? My my kids are going to understand that, hey, hey, that's dad, and, and, and when he lays the law down, that's what it is. But they're going to be comfortable enough to come to me and talk. And I wasn't uncomfortable because I had bad parents. I had great parents. I had great parents. But again, they worked around the clock. There wasn't a, a lot of, hey, Friday night, we're going to the movies or we're going bowling. You know, Friday night, everybody's tired. We eat dinner. Sunday, we go to church. Monday, it's back in the race. You know what I mean? So we, I guess I learned from my parents, you know, um, how to, and you said it earlier, it's not about being an expert. It's just about trying to make things better. Well, what you're talking about is pretty much uh, uh, the rule of the law of the land, because most parents are going through similar things that your parents went through, and that is not having enough time, not having enough uh, knowledge, and that doesn't mean that they're not seeking it and they're learning it more every day. But it, uh, par- parenting, uh, and uh, this is not an understatement. I, I get I get accused of being too simplistic when I say this. Uh, I've been saying it for 33 years, and I mean it more now than I ever did. Uh, and that is parenting is the most important job we will ever have. What is more important than raising another human being? What? Or raising another human being. What could be more important than that? These are these are the people that come into our lives and they're not there. They didn't decide that we decided that we wanted them. And so we want to we want to we don't treat them like we should, frankly. They love, parents love their children just like yours loved you. And they did their wonderful things for you and with you. But there are other things that need to go on before children can become the full uh, person that they can be. Hmm. Uh, I, I, I used to say this, let's treat our children as they come into the world as our guests. Hmm. They are coming here to live with us. And for really a short time, when you think about it, uh, children are with us for a very short time, and then they grow old and 
leave us alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but so what what we try to do, what parenting education is about, is trying to help parents understand just how critically important their job is, their role is, and that is to give this child the best of themselves as they can, when they can. And that doesn't necessarily mean Friday night lights and all that stuff. It just means, how can I be your ally? How can I help you through the trials and tribulations that you're going to inevitably have in your life? How can I do that? And therein lies a big problem, is that we don't have the resources to let us do the things that we know that we need to know to actually learn and pass along to our children. All of our children come into this world with biological needs. And if we don't know what they are, and if we don't know how to respond to their needs, then they're not gonna have responsive people in their lives. Hmm. And all the children are different. There's no such thing as a rubber stamp and you just stamp these kids out. Each one of them has incredible personalities and temperaments. And it's each one of them has to be treated in very special ways by the people who love them and guide them. And that's what I say, let's treat them like guests. They're gonna be gone before you know it. I have two men and a woman. <laughs> they're, they're old enough now, I can't say two boys and a girl right, anymore. Right. And, and, and they're, they're having a pretty good life, but they did not turn out like I had hoped they would because hmm. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. <laughs> I knew that I said, okay, I'm gonna take a parenting class or read a book. And now it said it was too complicated and it me required too much of my time. I said, mm-hmm. how can I do this? I was working to bring home, bringing home the bread and, and that stuff. I don't have time to uh, be pals with my children. Oh my God, what? But we didn't know how to do that. Now we know how important that is. And I don't mean friends. I mean, friendly parents. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking, I, once you get me going, Kelvin, I keep talking. So you have to interrupt me and, and lead me another way. No, go. I'm enjoying it. I'm learning. (laughs) Oh, there's so, so much, so much that we, we can learn. Uh, And, and we, we don't get the opportunity to do that. I've tried so hard over the years to, and you and I share this, you, you asked me one of these questions that you think it's one of the most important things and it will change the world. If we could change, if we could have one generation Mm -hmm. of really, really effectively parenting children, one generation, it would change the world. Wow. And how do we do that? We do it by changing policy. We do that by having opportunities. We, we, we present ways that parents can access the knowledge base that they need. And, and it's more than love. Love is good. And mm-hmm. love is certainly a part of it. But there's got to be more than love. It's got to be some understanding there. It's got to be some how do, how do we build a relationship with our mm-hmm. children that will last throughout their young years as well yeah. as long term? I'm telling you, and, and, you know, as you were talking, I'm using myself as an example. You know, graduated from high school, off to college I went, off to the military. You know, I never, after high school, that was it. So, you know, I really love what you said, Jim, about treating your children like guests. That's heavy. That's that's pretty profound to me, uh, because again, you know, me and my wife are empty nesters. Kids are married. They're gone. You know, having grandbabies and and just like you said, yeah. that time. You know, one day you're going to football practice. One day you're going to dance practice. Next thing you know, you're walking them down the aisle. So you know, yeah. one thing my dad said to me, uh, he only had a sixth grade education, and I tell you, this guy. Uh, had every reason to be bitter about life, but he wasn't bitter. And he would say things to me, uh, one of the smartest men I've ever known. And he said, Kevin, kind of going along with what you said, he said, my job is to make sure that you're better than me. Don't do what I did. And he he reinforced that by making sure I got an education, you know, making sure I uh, I knew how to respect people, making sure that, you know, I went to church and got a solid foundation, you know, uh, in my faith. Um, so uh, I don't know. It, it It's just a lot um, to this parenting thing. But I love what you said about 
treating your kids like guests because they didn't, like you said, they didn't ask to come here. We invited them here. Thank yeah, and, and think about the, the, the be, to be an ally with them mm-hmm. as opposed to contributing to their growing up problems. And they, yeah. they have plenty of them these days. We used to have them when I was little, but they don't compare to what children are having to deal with today. My God, they live in a 365, 24-7 world. Mm-hmm. Boom, just like yes. that. They can do anything they want to do. And follow the leader is not necessarily one of the things they should be doing. So it's like, how can we get them away from screens into family meetings, into being family time, having dinners together, being relational with each other, finding out who each other is and what we love and what we like to do. That's building relationships, caring about the other person, being interested in what the other person is going to do. Home is where the start is. Home is where it all starts from. Children don't come into the world with hate or love mm-hmm. or, or uh, prejudices. They learn those things and they learn them from the big people around them. And if you can learn stuff, you can unlearn stuff. Yeah. And that's what, that's what happens in family and parenting life's education classes. And, and I hate to sound like a school mom, but, but it's important that, that, that people who are raising other people, whether they're teachers or family members, cousins, grandparents, whatever, need to know how these children perform, why they behave the way they do, why they're not, they're not devil possessed. They don't, they're not here Mm -hmm. just to make us mad and kick us around. They're here for a reason. And it's up to us to help them find that reason to be. And, and we need to, Home is where the start is, and if we can get it started well in the first few weeks, months, and years of life, they're going to be better off yonder down the road. Yeah, and I agree. I agree with that. Uh, you know, one thing that that has always bothered me, I spent 24 years in law enforcement and retired as a police chief. And, and so you can imagine I've been to court several times, and I've been to some bond hearings, and I've been to some DSS hearings. And one thing that has always bothered me is when I hear adults say, these kids are lost. I don't know what's wrong with these kids. They're mixed up. You know, they're demon possessed. They're this, they're that. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, it's not the kids. You know what I'm saying? Kids. Absolutely. You're right. Absolutely. You're right. Kids do. It's the big people. It's the big people who are role models. Yeah. It's the big people who are creating the images that the children follow and copy. Mm-hmm. So we, the big people, are those responsible for the world being in the mess that it's in, not the kids. Uh, so, they, so, but, but, Jim, how do we get the the leaders? You mentioned policy earlier. How do we get the yeah. leaders yeah. to stand up and say, "Hey, my bad." We can do a better job of parenting. Less, you know, we, we we pour monies into boys and girls clubs, YMCAs. And that's great. That is great. Kids and need I, outlets. They need activities. Yeah. But why don't we have that same tenacity, that same intensity when it comes to parenting? I've been asking that question all these years. I've been trying to help folks see that. I work with the schools and said, we need to have parenting classes in the school. Yeah, we have them. We have family classes. I said, not about how to study, not about how to do arithmetic and how to do spelling and reading and literature and how to do this. And how to, you need to have parenting classes to help the parents raise the children because the children who are coming to school causing problems in the classroom and being going going to the principal's office or being, being uh, dismissed from school, uh, it's because they have troubles at home in most cases. So how can we help the parents work with the children so that they then present themselves better and get a better education? And, and they all go, well, we can't put that in the core curriculum. Why not? And I've said to politicians, why don't we do that? Why don't we create programs that will help parents give them a resource to go to to help them understand what they need to do to make the lives of the children better? And they all go, you can't tell ch- uh, parents how to raise their children. I'm going, why not? 
we, we, we tell parents all kinds of things to do. We, we do it all. And especially when they get in trouble, we take children yes. away from parents. Yes. Let's don't do that. Let's help them make them better. Yeah. Uh, sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. So that's fine. So, you know, what I'm hearing you say, Jim, is that as politicians, as, as, as a country, as a globe, we need to, uh, we need to step it up in, in our parenting game. Um, you know, because again, you know, we are pointing the fingers at our young people saying, what is wrong with you? What's your problem? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Why are you smoking dope? Why are you depressed? Why are you on social media all day, every day? And we're giving the parents a pass. And I really don't think that's fair because I don't think the kids are different. I think they have different things that they have to deal with. When I was a kid, I didn't have to deal with social media. You know what I'm saying? I didn't, I didn't have to deal with news traveling from one end of the earth to the other in, in three to five seconds. Uh, maybe a fight at the bus stop, maybe a little bullying on the playground, but that was the extent of it. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I just don't believe that kids have changed. They have to deal with more, but I really think parents are younger and, and I think parents don't have the skills to cope. And the biggest thing you said was building relationships with young people and kids and becoming their ally. I was talking to a good friend of mine uh, recently, and we was talking about him uh, being an African-American man and the struggle of raising his son. And he said, Kevin, you know, uh, he would come home. I said, hey, how was school? Fine. No, that was it. Uh, everything going okay? Yep. No conversation. <laughs> and I, I said, well, his name is Greg. I said, Greg, how did you break through? How did you connect? How did you build that relationship, that bridge? And he says, Kevin, I finally realized that I had to plug into his passion. I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, I'll give you an example. He's a, he's a great basketball player and a good student. He said, and I know that he loves the Boston Celtics. And so one night I watched the game. Didn't watch it with him, but I watched the game. And the next day when he got home from school, I said, hey, that was a pretty good game last night, man. Boston beat Sacramento. And he said his eyes lit up. Eyes lit up like, watch the game. He said, yeah, I saw the whole game. This person scored, kind of went through the box score. Next thing he knew, his son was talking. He had, you know, he had a captive audience. His son realized that, hey, you're talking and about something. he was something. listening. And he was listening. And that was the segue. That was the bridge into everything else in building that relationship. And yeah. you said earlier that people sometimes think, you know, you're off your rocker because you're simplistic when it comes to the approach of parenting. But I think that was pretty basic. Plug into his passion, plug into a passion, and you'll be surprised what can happen. Well, I know you're familiar with the Father's Place. Uh, I, I was yes. one of the members of the, of the founding board of, of the Father's Place. And they're doing a wonderful job over there helping helping fathers and, and mothers and, and extended families understand just what you're saying you need to tap into what the child is interested in that's called building a relationship i i hear what you're saying i want to hear what you're saying listening is one of the most important things we can do with our children listen to them it shows respect it shows that i'm interested in what you have to say i may not agree with you but i want you to have the right to say it and then we can discuss it and talk about it. So that's that give and take, that relationship, that respect of each other's opinions, those kind of things is what helps the child love to be at home, not on the corner. Mm -hmm. That's heavy. But can that can it sometimes can it sometimes be tough? You know, and I say that because I came up in an era where tough, you know you tough for the parent. Tough for oh, yeah. Everybody involved. I guess everybody involved. Yeah. Because I came up. It's not easy. It's not easy. No. Yeah. You're right. I came up in an era where the teacher was always right. Right. 
mm-hmm. you know, uh, the adults of the community up. were always right, you know, and it was yes, ma'am, no, too. Don't be, don't be, uh, don't be heard, be seen, keep moving. You know what I'm saying? And so it can sometimes be tough based on, I think, the environment, you know what I mean? And, and, and the culture. And you mentioned earlier how sometimes prejudice and different things can be passed on through generations. I remember, you know, uh, I had a friend when I moved from Harlem, New York, my family relocated to Charleston, South Carolina. And because I had an accent, I dressed a little different. The African-American kids in my neighborhood didn't want nothing to do with me. I had no African-American friends. And the only friend I had was a white guy down the street named Tom. Best friends. We we played together. We rode bikes. We we caught dragonflies by the tail with thread. I mean, we were we were like Huckleberry Finn and Tom Sawyer. We were tight. And my dad, uh, born early 1940s, uh, southern part of South Carolina, had seen some tough things, went through some tough things, uh, grew up during a time when people weren't all that friendly to African-American men. And he came home one day, uh, and I'll never get it, and he says, Kevin, uh, I want you to be careful. Okay, yes, sir. You know, you're my dad. I want to listen to you. Yes, sir. Careful of what? I want you to be careful with your friend Tom. Well, at that point, I'm confused because Tom is the only friend that that I have. We've never exchanged words. We've never had an argument. We get along fine. Why do I need to be careful of him? My dad, you know, I'm pressing him like, Daddy, I don't understand. And it was it was something he didn't want to say, but I'm pressing. He's my friend. Nobody else wants to play with me. What, what did he do? And he says, son, he didn't do nothing. But when push comes to shove, they're going to be pushing and you're going to get shoved, is what he said. When push comes to shove, they're going to be pushing and you are going to get shoved. Now, my question to you, Jim, is do you, do you understand what he was trying to tell me? Do I? Yeah, absolutely. What do you think he was sure. saying? Well, I think that he's talking about the fact that the the attitude is going to change in Tom's uh, belief system. Uh, somebody is going to have influence on him mm-hmm. uh, that will change his opinion of you. His friendship was rich, and somebody has made it uh, not rich anymore. And it's yeah. it's because he he's been taught to think another way all of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, Children know better than the adults most of the time. His mm-hmm. friendship was rich and good with you, yeah. and it didn't make any difference about race. It, it, it made a difference about humanity because they didn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he was changed because his environment changed. And the, the older children get when they're in a, a biased, a prejudiced environment, the more they're going to copy what they see. Yeah. And, and that that's why the education of trying to help some families, of course, we're not going to, I'm not naive. We're not going to help everybody. We're certainly not going to turn deep beliefs around, uh, not overnight, not ever maybe. Uh, but we can sure change the way people think about certain things by giving them alternatives. It's yeah. like corporal punishment. For example, most people do corporal punishment because they don't know what else to do hmm. because either it was done to them or they don't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. It never works. Uh, it depends on what you mean by working, but it may stop somebody for the minute, but it doesn't do any good for the long-term relationship when somebody mm-hmm. is abused physically or emotionally. So this, this, this young man, Tom, your friend was damaged as he started to grow older. He was damaged by the biases and prejudices in his, in his so- environment. Let me let me if let we me, can get if we can get the family core to change, mm-hmm. then he would change. Sorry. Okay. So let me make sure I make sure that we're on the same page. My dad Tom didn't do anything at the time. My dad uh, was warning me. He was saying, Hey, I want you to be careful because 
you're black, Tom is white. And if something happens or the shit hits the fan, they're going to be pushing and you're going to get shoved. That is that is what my dad was telling me. And, and you know, I didn't I, I couldn't see it because that is not what I was living with our relationship. And, you know, my dad was doing the best he could to look out for me based on the experiences he had during his life. And so do you think it's common for parents to transfer biases and, and, uh, and other things unwillingly, not even on purpose, yeah. but it, but it happens. Yeah. 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 That's the way things are. That's the way things are. That's the way it is. But that happens also in socioeconomic situations. There are many times when uh, the rich kid and the poor kid make make friends. Mm -hmm. uh, and as the rich kid gets more and more into his environment and his society, uh, he pulls away, way away from that poor kid. He don't want anything to do with that guy anymore. He's on the wrong side of the tracks. So those are things that are that are biased environments cause and continue to cause. And that's why we have one of the reasons we have the major divisions that we have in this country right now is because we have those two kinds of elements of training and learning. Let me read you something here, if I can. Okay. Uh, I, I don't think I mentioned this to you. Maybe I did, but uh, I have macular degeneration, uh, and it gets gets worse every week. So it's hard for me to read some things. So I'm, gotcha. I have to make things real big okay. so I can see I what you. I'm doing. That's why I have trouble reading the screen sometimes. But the the ten most admired traits of human beings in adults are these. Honesty, responsibility, confidence, caring, ethical, considerate, moral, spiritual, empathetic, creative. You can't learn that on the Internet. Mm -hmm. The way you learn those things, where those traits come from is the home where the people there are teaching you through modeling through direct teaching mm -hmm. that these are the ways life should be lived and unfortunately <laughs> a lot of families don't live that way right. and there are all kinds of reasons we know that there are all kinds of reasons for that time being one of them mm -hmm. education being another you had a wonderful guest on that I listened to, Carolyn Ellis. She's a wonderful person, mm -hmm. and she's so dedicated to early childhood education, and she's absolutely right, because if we don't start educating the children as early as kindergarten and pre-kindergarten, yeah. then they're already going to be behind before they start. That's right. So the sooner, the sooner we can offer them opportunities to learn, to grow, mm -hmm. the better. Awesome. She's good. Awesome. She's really good. Yeah. So, Jim, what advice would you give to brand new parents in 2023? And how would that advice be different in 1971? 1971, things were pretty autocratic uh, back then. You do this, as you said earlier, because I say so. You do this because I say so. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, don't talk. Listen. Listen to what I have to say. Do it because I said so. Uh, uh, sit down, be quiet. Uh, mm -hmm. you, what are you, stupid? Uh, it's it's that old idea of drill sergeant mentality. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Knight coaching mentality. Well, I hope I don't get sued for that. Uh, <laughs> but but we, know, we know what Bobby Knight's mentality was. It's yeah. bam, bam, bam. And that kind of approach to parenting our children was prevalent back then. Corporal punishment mm -hmm. was big, big time. Spanking was big, big time. Corporal punishment is more than spanking, by the way. It's emotional abuse. It's sexual abuse. It's uh, emotional abuse. It's physical. It's, it's neglect. Yeah. It's all kinds of stuff. So there was more of that then than there is now. People are finally realizing that if you want somebody to be responsible and to be and to be uh, to listen to you, you don't do that by beating them. You do that by loving them and taking care of them and helping them understand what it is you're asking. So I would say to young parents today, 
these are the four, and this is this is my mantra that I give in, in all the classes that I teach. There are four key elements to being a sex, an effective parenting. And number one is the self. Is the self healthy? Is the self ready to raise another human being? Is the self healthy and physically and emotionally? Is the self ready? Can I honestly say that the reason I want a child is not a selfish one, but so that I can raise another human being and be part of our family? Number two is the caregivers. Are they also healthy? Are we going to raise this child in a toxic environment? Are the two homes or three homes or four homes or the caregivers all in healthy ways? And are they at least operating out of the same book, whether they're not there on the same page? Are, are they healthy? Is this, is this going to work? Is this going to be part of a, an extended family? Number three is the create the home that gives these children the environment they need to grow and nourish in the nurturing part of their lives. And number four is the key of all, and that is knowledge. Wanting to know more and more about how to be the best parent I can be so that these children can be the best adults they can be. Wow. That's pretty awesome. So if I, if I pinned you down, if I tried <laughs> to pin you down and, and, and get you to tell me which one of the four were most important, what would you say? Knowledge. Knowledge. Why knowledge? Education. Knowledge. Why, why do these children do what they do? What do they need? How can I then find out what it is they need so I can give it to them? I want to be responsive to them and to their needs, not shut them down. I don't want to get in their way. I want mm -hmm. to help them. I want to help yeah. them grow and be the best they can be. And how do I do that? By knowing, by, by finding the knowledge that I need to do that. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Um, hmm. I'll tell you. And that's, you part know, of, he, that, that's part of Ms. thing, too, is right. the more you know, the education, that's right. uh, the, that's right. the, the more it's going to be better for everybody involved. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, that's fine. That's fine. I was just thinking about uh, something you said earlier. Um, you know, had a good friend of mine ask me, uh, 2021, I was retired as a police chief for the city of Georgetown. He said, man, he said, what is uh, your greatest accomplishment? And I said, uh, if I told you, you, you may disagree, but you know, this is my way of answering the question. And he said, well, I know what you're going to say. I said, what becoming the first African-American police chief in your city? I said, Nope. He says, uh, graduating from the FBI Academy. Nope. He said, what? I said, being a parent, mm -hmm. being a parent, you know, uh, you know, I always tell leaders in general and parents are leaders that, uh, you're called in the leadership. You're not in a leadership role just because it's not a coincidence. You're called to leadership. And uh, and so if you called, you you have the ability to find and, and grab the resources you need to make it happen. And sometimes drag people, young people, whoever, to the finish line because they don't always know. And so that knowledge um, that you spoke of, I, I agree with you, is is key. Knowledge is key. So, Jim. Yes, sir. We've had fun. I, we've we've had a very good conversation, and I do uh, I do have to disagree with you. Early on, you said, "You know what, Kevin? I appreciate that, but uh, I'm not an expert. I I, I just got to push back a little bit, and I got to say that I think you're an expert on the topic of parenting. That's just me. We can we can agree to disagree if you want, but that's just my <laughs> feeling." <laughs> well. Thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah, I, I have a lot. I have a lot of knowledge. Let's put it that way. That's awesome. And I, That's and awesome. I do like to talk about it. Awesome. Awesome. So if you can give parents three tips to live by, I know you gave us the, the you know, the four things, but three main tips to live by. What would those three things be? Listen, 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 man. That's awesome. Children have a lot to say. Yeah. Children have a lot of hurt. They have a lot of frustration, especially today. They have a lot of stress, anxiety. Mental health is going rampant. Children are in deep doo-doo these days. Mm 
Yeah. And we need to listen to them and hear what they have to say and how they feel about whatever's going on in their lives. Mm. Listen to them. That shows respect. That shows uh, uh, that I'm willing to hear you. Yeah. I, I, I respect your opinions. I want to hear what you have to say. And I don't mean while you're reading the newspaper or while you're watching TV. I'm talking about undivided, loving, interested listening. Wow. Jim, we have a lot in common. We have a lot in common. I remember uh, after the uh, murder of George Floyd uh, was being interviewed by a reporter and we were just talking. We were talking about uh, police reform, you know, and changing policies and doing this and doing that. And, and one question he said, he said, well, outside of policies, what is it that the law enforcement industry that can do that'll really make a difference? What can they do better? Listen. That's what I said. I said the same thing you said. Listen, we can do a better job of listening because, you know, so many times being in public safety or in that role of leadership, just like a parent, we got to rush in. Right. We rush in. We got to fix it. You know, and a lot of times we go to fixing problems. And we don't even ask what the problem is. We don't ask, how are you hurting? What can I do to help you? What do you need? We just make assumptions and we go in there and we put our hands on the situation and we try to fix it. And sometimes we, we end up making it worse. Oh, oftentimes. And in yeah. fact, effective parenting can't be done parenting on the run. Right. You can't just run by somebody and say, do this, do this, do this and, right. and let it go. You got to be there. You got to be yeah. present in their lives. Yeah. yeah. If, 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 Take Horry County, for example, this this okay. county that we that we live mm-hmm. in. Uh, I, I'm con- and I was I was serving on the public service committee for a while, public safety committee for a while for the county. And I made this suggestion that each of that each of the districts in this county, if if we if we allocated some money to build or to 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 create a resource center for families within an organ, either a church or the police station mm-hmm. or uh, some business down the street, wherever we can get bricks and mortar where they can come and find help. They can find education. They can find resources to get things done. Suck out of a one-shop shopping center. Georgetown used to have or tried to have something like this as well. I remember. And, and, I, and I used to work in Georgetown quite a bit with uh, early childhood people. Uh, but it, it, w- if we created those little, little uh, Alabama of all pay- places, uh, Louisiana of all places, Wisconsin, these states have resource centers all mm-hmm. over their, their counties where parents can go and get help rather than scratching their head and say, yeah. what do I, what can I do with this child? Mm-hmm. What am I going to do with this child? I'm going to send him to a military school. No, you just need to know how to deal with what's going on. Right. And we don't have those. And nobody seems to be interested in doing anything like that. Uh, well, me. Jim, <laughs> I can I can see the frustration in your face. And I will <laughs> I will tell you this. I'll be happy to tackle that problem with you. I don't know who we need to talk to. But I'll be happy. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I mean it. I I mean, I'm sincere. I mean it from the bottom of my heart because I know it's an issue. I would be willing to talk to whoever you'd want to talk to to try to to try to create a spark to make something like that happen. Yeah, well, Myrtle Bay's chief of police, she she's a terrific lady and she Mm -hmm. she understands this problem. Yeah. She believes in, in helping parents and educating parents. So she, 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 she'll support us. I'm sure she will. So will the chief of police of the, of the county. Yeah. He's, he believes in it. Tom Fix believes in it. It's right. a matter of getting those people in the council to say, let's spend a little money right. so we can get uh, resources for these parents. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm going to work with you. I'm going to hold you to that. I'm, I'm in. I'm telling well, you right I'm now. I'm going to hold you to it. Okay. All right. All right. So, Jim, we, we've had a great time talking. I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, uh, I told you before we came on here that I wanted you to feel like this this platform was just as much as yours as it was mine. And I felt like you were comfortable and we and we accomplished that. I don't get the opportunity to spend this much time talking about this. So I'm grateful Good. for the opportunity. 
And awesome. I feel like it is safe conversations. It and is. I just spoke as clearly and honestly as I could. Awesome. Awesome. So do you have any final thoughts for our listeners? Empathy, compassion, look around us, see who see who's hurting the worst, see who's hurting, try to give some help, try to support, try to support the people and the and the programs that are trying to support those who are in great need. Awesome. Awesome. If someone wanted to learn more about your organization, Still Learning, how could they find out more information? Uh, they could use my uh, email, uh, parentscare, P-A-R-E-N-T-S-C-A-R-E. That's my curriculum called parentscare at sc.rr.com. Uh, I'll be honest, however, I'm not actively doing any teaching these days, but I have been able to do some telephone conferencing and uh, some writing uh so I, I will be available to refer to other places. There are also many, many uh, uh, online places that could be helpful as long as we're seeking education. Uh, one, of our, one of our facilitators of a parents care program is still doing programs for DSS. Her name is Julia Castillo. And she, she, we refer to her when we have parents who want to and have to do a, a mandated program, for example. So there's help out there. I'll be willing to push people to it. Awesome. Awesome. And I thank you again for being an awesome guest and, and talking frankly about your passion in being parenting. Again, thank you for your service to the military. Thank you to the service to our young people and, and our parents all over. And I really uh, appreciate you just taking time to talk with me this evening. My pleasure. And thank you for doing this program. Appreciate it. All right. Hey, so I thank all of our listeners for listening to a new episode of Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits, where we unpack our bags and talk about our differences to try to find a way to somehow come together and move forward. Uh, I always caution you not to think that just because it's called safe is soft because we don't have soft conversations. We talk about everything and nothing is off the table. So until next time, peace. The Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits podcast is hosted and produced by Kevin Waits, executive producer Ken Johnson. Find the Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Odyssey, Amazon Music, or where you get your podcasts. Find Kevin Waits on Facebook at Kevin Waits and join the Safe Conversations group. Follow the Mino Line Media Podcast Network on IG at Mino Line Media. Get the Mino Line Media app in the App Store or Google Play. The Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits podcast is a Mean Old Line Media production. So, you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out everything. That's why Shopify's all in one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 